welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, friends. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to once again uh, gather together, Lord, uh, on this day to be able uh, to be able to worship you. And as well as we now uh, are going to close out our series, Lord, on how to love our neighbor. Be with us in Jesus name. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Great to again uh, be with you all. So on my phone, I have a picture and that is of crayons. I'm sorry. I I wish that I had uh, thought ahead of going to, you know, to CVS and getting some, but in the, this illustration came to me um, this morning. You know, crayons, many of us in elementary, I'm sure, uh, had the opportunity to use crayons where we could draw, we could write. And crayons are unique because, you know, you can get them in little packets as small as, like, let's say, 8 or 16, up to at least 64, and sometimes even a couple hundred and crayons are cool because uh, they come in all kinds of different colors. And they'll have uh, several greens, you'll have several purples, several blues, some lighter, and then it progressively uh, gets darker. And, and crayons are great because as you uh, draw and fill in the little lines when you're drawing on your art, especially back in kindergarten and first grade, all you had to do was just to get a sharpener and just slowly work a little bit. Now, eventually, um, crayons would get smaller and smaller and smaller. In fact, there was this one guy who, who tells of a story where he saved all of the little crayon bits and he put them in a little box and he, he saved them. And years later, he was going through and he realized he opened this box and he'd forgotten that he'd had all these crayons, all kinds of greens and blues and reds and pinks and and cream and peach colored. Peach always kind of uh, stood out to me. And uh, he realized that uh, crayons came in different sizes. Some were the normal size are really small. You know, as you get older, it's harder to hold them. Some crayons, they were bigger and they're easy and they're massive. But crayons were meant to be used, to be shaped, to be molded, and, and, and to grow. And I had fond memories of using crayons as a kid. I loved to draw and fill in the little lines and the little blanks. I was not an artist. I couldn't necessarily draw, but I could definitely. Uh, I liked to accomplish things, so I could easily fill in the lines. It, it was, gave me a sense of accomplishment. And, and this guy opened up his crayon box, and he it brought back all these similar memories. And I'm reminded that the church is very similar and just humanity as well. We come in all different shapes and, and sizes and, you know, our skin tone may vary or we, we come from different backgrounds, different countries, but yet we're all together. We come in that same box. We are one. And as well, um, the beauty of this is that God knows all of us, just like this man who'd saved all of the remains of his crayons. He knew each and every one of those crayons. Now, as humans, we were all designed by God. And as well, the beauty of 
being in this world is that God created for uh, and intended for a great diversity. Growing up, uh, I grew up in Loma Linda. And Loma Linda is unique in that uh, you have people who come from all over the world to study uh, some type of medicine or usually some healthcare uh, profession and as well to work at the hospital. In fact, when Lisa and I first got married uh, in our first place that we lived at, actually we lived there for a few years, I think almost 10 years, at least I did. And in our, our um, building alone, uh, our neighbors, we had several neighbors in the time that we lived there. Uh, one was a, I think it was an Indian family. Another was a, a Chinese family. Uh, behind us, uh, there was uh, a young couple. They were Korean. And then eventually, before, actually, no, before that, uh, there was a girl who uh, was from Ukraine who also lived there. And I, I would go around the complex and I would see uh, people from all over the world who lived here. And as well, if you watch uh, the video that we posted earlier, just in L.A. County alone, there are over 10 plus million people, many different languages that can be spoken, uh, and as well, many different cultures that we bring and, and we can learn and grow uh, and, and even assimilate even into our own culture. April Holland, she writes... Embracing diversity is one adventure after another, opening new paths of discovery that connect an understanding to caring, to listening, and sharing with others who are different than ourselves. I think that to grow as well, we need to be able to understand. And, and being different isn't necessarily bad, it's, but we have to have the ability to be able to relate and, and to cross those barriers that probably that that prevent us from getting to know one another being different some people they love change and they thrive on it and some people they just want to keep it the same but if we truly want to grow as a church as a body and just even just as humanity because the world is getting bigger we have to be able to learn and grow as one family in fact, even in uh, the mission statement that Jesus gives us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, don't stay static, don't stay put, but go and make disciples of all nations. Go out, teach people what I have taught you to love one another and to share the gospel with others. And, and not just where you live, but in all, to all nations throughout the world. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So it's God's desire that we, the gospel not be stuck with us, but that it goes out into all of the world. And in order to do so, means we have to leave the comfort of, of perhaps our, our homes, our boxes. And it doesn't necessarily mean we have to hop on a plane and go fly across uh, the world. It could be something as simple as, as even ministering in your own community. And as diverse as, for instance, Southern California is, uh, there are many opportunities to be able to learn and to grow uh, 
and embrace uh, another culture to learn and grow from. You know, when we look back at the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan, the initial uh, feeling of the story is that the lawyer, he's trying to earn his, uh, his salvation inheritance, and yet, you know, he thinks he has to do all of these things, and, and he's, he's trying to be a good Jew where he, he follows the law and, and, you know, love God with everything, but, but yet, Jesus, he amps it up, and he, he basically says, you know, you gotta love your neighbor. And, and the, remember, the lawyer, he says, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus, uh, he goes to this story again, just to quickly recount, where a man was walking, and he was, uh, robbed, he was beaten, he was left for dead. And the priest and the Levite, who were on their way back, just completely bypassed him. But it was a Samaritan who stops. It was him who thought, hey, I can't just leave this guy here. And so as we've talked about, he had compassion. He reached out to him. He used his own resources to care for this man. And, and when Jesus says the Samaritan, the lawyer, if culture, in the culture that he grew up, he was taught to not like the Samaritans. In fact, um, Samaritans, uh, the Samaritans were a group of people who, uh, who lived in Samaria, thus Samaritans. But Samaritans are basically, uh, half, um, they're half Jews and half Gentiles because before, I think it was around 721 BC, the Assyrian nation goes in and, uh, I think they were, uh, they captured the northern kingdom of Israel. And they took a number of people with them. And they assimilated into the Assyrian culture. They mingled and they grew up and they raised kids. And then eventually when they come back and they, they, they resettle in Samaria, they're not uh, welcomed back by the Jewish nation. And, and slowly over time, there is this mistrust. Um, you're kind of part of our family, but you're really not. And conflict arises. In fact, you even, you look to, uh, the story in John 4 where Jesus meets the woman at the well. And, and she basically says, you're, you're a Jew and you're, yet you're talking to me? Amongst, I mean, that whole story alone, there, there's, it's filled with a, a lot of intrigue. And, and so, Jesus, in verse 36, Luke 10, verses 36 through 37, he says, which of, the, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the, uh, the, expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And yet it's interesting because how the, uh, the, the lawyer responds, he could not even say the Samaritan but the one who had mercy on him. You know, prejudice, racism, it has no place, especially in the church. While we may be different, it's important that we have to stop and we have to learn and we have to grow. If we're going to be divided then we cannot grow. We cannot be united if we allow prejudice 
to creep in, uh, not just even to the church, but even in our own lives. As, as we look around the world right now, there's a lot of conflict and prejudice, whether it be racism or, or class or uh, the many different uh, men versus women. All of these break apart the unity and the fabric, especially that of the church, could be very it's dangerous. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he writes, men hate each other because they fear each other. And they fear each other because they don't know each other. And they don't know each other because they are often separated from each other. And, and it's true that while there are 10 million plus people here in Los Angeles County, it's not like we're just one huge big melting pot either. Because there are pockets of us. So, for instance, in, in, in LA, you have Chinatown, you have Koreatown, you have Armenia Town, you have Filipino Town, you have, um, Ethiopian Town, right? And, and so rather than being just one big group, even though we're all here, we all tend to clump together. And, you know, when we look to the future, we have to realize that there's going to be, while we, we may look differently, there's, we're all children of God. And rather than waiting to act like that, why can't we act and start and to love each other now as we will in heaven? So how can we move forward? How can we learn and grow and get to know one another? To learn uh, from somebody who is different from me, who maybe comes from a different country uh, or even just a different part of uh, our country in the United States. Or how can I, as an older person, how can I relate to my teenage uh, niece or nephew or my grandson or my grandkid? Well, the first thing is we have to recognize that in breaking down the barriers, okay, you have to have relationships. You can't grow unless there's a relationship. And not just any kind of relationship, but it has to be a healthy relationship. So a healthy relationship does not form unless both parties care for each other. To genuinely learn and to grow, you have to care for one another. In fact, even to minister, to truly, uh, to truly um, minister to somebody, we you cannot just go and just, you know, haphazardly say, well, you should do this or that if you don't care. Because people know. People sense when you don't care and you're just saying it just because it's just rote. To truly be an effective minister and to be disciples, we have to genuinely care and love one another. So in a healthy relationship, for those who care, they're going to learn to grow. And where they, where they differ and they disagree they can look beyond those differences or agree to disagree. So having a healthy relationship where you genuinely care about that person. And as well, just like we kind of talked about earlier in the beginning, is recognize the beauty and the diversity that God has created in this world. And as well, move with humility. And I I should have added this as Move with humility and prayer because it takes humility to be able to really truly learn. Sometimes we, we think we know a lot or we know everything 
And, you know, one thing that I do know, I thought that, you know, when I was a kid and uh, when I turned 30, 40, 50, 60, I would know a lot more. And I do know more. And I thought maybe by even 40, I'm getting close to 40, I thought I would know everything. The only truth that I know is that I have more questions than answers. And that's okay. Because if I know everything, there's no room for me to be able to grow. So, move with prayer. Move with humility. And that leads into uh, the next part is where we have to earnestly desire to learn and grow. And sometimes learning and growing, it's not easy. Because it challenges our notions. When you talk to somebody who, who has perhaps a different set of values and you're trying to get your head around it, uh, it just doesn't make sense to you. It takes humility to be able to stop it and reflect it, see it from their perspective, to walk in their shoes a mile, or sometimes it may take a hundred miles. But in moving forward together, as you move with humility and prayer and desire and learn to truly grow and learn about one another, we have to ask questions and we have to ask good questions and being honest. Um, truly, when you ask those questions and desire to want to learn, well, why is it that you believe this or why, why is it? Why is it so important to you? And one of the things that as well that you can do as you talk, and, and, and this is uh, just relationship 101, when they listen and they explain, and especially when they explain how it makes them feel, to be able to ask questions and then be able to respond and, and, and perhaps even uh, not dictate it back but recount it, to let them know that they are being heard is also truly key in your communication with one another. I think something that we also forget too is when we, we learn, try to learn about different cultures is that there are some do's and there are some don'ts around the world. Like different countries, they have different customs. So, uh, in some countries, like here in America, you know, uh, we, we shake hands. Well, uh, not right now during this pandemic, but normally, we would shake hands, right? Or maybe give a hug. But in other countries, you definitely don't even shake hands. In fact, even especially, you don't touch a person's left hand in certain countries for, for various different reasons. In some countries, you bow. It's not because you're worshiping them, but that's just their way of, of saying hello and greeting one another. And in some countries as well, you, you greet them with a kiss, right? And so it's important that we learn those little intricacies about what makes them different. There, there's a story, uh, it, it's a true story. Uh, in fact, I, w- I took part in it. Uh, when I was in college, uh, this was at Walla Walla, and I don't remember the class. I think maybe it was a missions class. Um, one of the students in the class, uh, I can't remember his name. I think it was maybe Rob. He was He's a really cool dude. I think he ended up being a dentist, actually. But the the assignment that we were given was that of do something that is just not necessarily culturally unacceptable, but just different. 
And so I, you know, I, I was not a creative person back then, and I still think I'm trying to learn how to be creative. I just, I, I think if I remember correctly, I took a polo shirt and I turned it inside out and I wore the collar up. So you could definitely tell that my shirt was inside out and it, it just, I looked awkward. Um, people did a bunch of different things, and I remember there was one story, uh, it was just hilarious, but the best story um, was where, I, th- I think was it Ryan. He um, he was he was fully clothed. He was wearing pants and he was wearing uh, pants and a shirt and everything. But he walked around the whole campus with a, a bath towel around his waist. And everybody that whole day, because we had to do it the whole day, just looked at him like, dude, what are you doing wearing a towel around your waist, right? And so. <laughs> When he was recounting it, there were just a bunch of funny stories and little weird looks that he got. And it speaks to the fact that, you know, for instance, we all don't dress like, you know, a lot of people may wear jeans around the whole world, but in some places like pants are forbidden, uh, for, for women are forbidden to wear pants. Um, and so it may be different over there. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. So learn the do's and the don'ts. And especially as you uh, talk to, to kids and relate, uh, you know, kids see things differently. As a, uh, my dad is an immigrant. He came from the Philippines. He was uh, born and raised until he was a teenager and he came here in the 1970s. And growing up, it was this weird, um, well, not weird, I guess, but I could tell I, I was, definitely different. I wasn't totally white and yet I wasn't totally Filipino. And growing up in America, I felt like I was an American. But yet when I would hang out with my dad's side of the family as well, I I truly appreciated the familial uh, nature that they were always close and they were loud. They loved to tell stories um, and and the intricacies, especially as a pastor in the last uh, 13, 14 years, I predominantly Pastor churches that have uh, been majority Filipino or had a good contingent of them. It's it's been cool because I've been able to see another side of who my dad is. And and for you maybe if you're listening, um, maybe you you have that experience of of being uh, parents who come from different countries and different races. And it's sometimes it's this awkward feeling growing up where you don't quite know where to fit in. Or maybe you come from you've come from Japan or or Estonia or Germany and trying to assimilate into this country can be different because it's a different language and and especially with English it's it's not like it has strict grammar rules. It's almost kind of like an everything goes. But yet as we come together as we adapt and we learn in this diversity, we can learn and the church is that much better off because it's again I've compared to a diversity like a fruit salad. It all tastes you know when it's mixed together and you have all these different flavors and when combined together, it creates this beautiful dessert and it can be a gift and to be able to go and to share the good news that others may know who God is. Now continuing on is how how again do we break down these barriers and 
remember that we have to share the gospel and use scripture as well. Use the principles that we glean from scripture, but share the gospel in a way that is relevant to their context. Relevant to their context. It's important that we learn and as we ask questions, as we share and as we grow together, that we have to be flexible, that we have to be adaptable. And not just in sharing the gospel, but just in life in general, to be able to to gain perspective and have an understanding of one another. And the last to close with is this, to smile and love your neighbor. If we don't share, if we don't smile, if we're constantly angry, are we going to draw and be able to effectively minister to others? Maybe, but yet a smile, a smile goes so far. So smile and love your neighbor as Jesus told us to do. And to remember to go and do likewise. I hope that this past month has been a blessing and that as we've studied uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan that you've been able to take uh, lessons from this. I think it's definitely one of my, my favorite stories in scripture. And there's so much that uh, that we can take from this story of how we can live life together as one family, as one body, united, and to grow together, to remember that we are all God's children. And much like the crayons, though we come in different colors, yet we are one. So may the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. May you love and love well and uh, have a great week. Uh, Next week, Bill's going to be preaching. And so look forward to that sermon. And other than that, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together once again. And though, Lord, while we are gathering digitally, uh, Lord, uh, there are no boundaries when it comes to you. So, Lord, may the Holy Spirit uh, convict us to lead us and to guide us, Lord. Uh, may we be the embodiment of your love and grace, Lord. Uh, use us as your instruments. It's not about us, but it's about you. And as well, Lord, may you grant us peace, wisdom, strength, and courage during this difficult time. And uh, as well, Lord, may we be your faithful representatives. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.